Hi friends, this is episode 80 of the Bible Lab Podcast. You are listening to the Bible Lab Podcast, recorded before a very lively audience on the campus of Loma Linda University. Here's your host, Roy Ice. Hey everybody, I hope you're having an awesome day, and I know your day is going to be even better after you are part of this conversation. I'm just delighted that you get to spend some time with one of my really dear friends. His name is Raul Esperante. He is the facilitator of this session. I was sick this day. I found out about two days before. I was like, I know, I'm going down hard. And I called him up, sent him my notes, and he just led out in such a spirit-filled, amazing, and very fun way. So I know you're going to be blessed by this. If you're joining us for the first time, uh, you need to know that there's some incredible resources for you. We want you to go to our website, thebiblelab.com, go to the episodes page, go down to God's Blueprint, and go down to the very last session on that page, session 11, I believe it is, and you'll see a little red icon to the right of the audio there. That is the study guide that will help you follow along this conversation, learn even more. And I can't wait for you to learn what God wants you to know about the full armor that he provides for you. Welcome to the Bible Lab. go through much less drama in my life than the people sitting around me here. Come on, come on. Oof. Most are yeses. Wow, you, ha- you have a high degree of self or a low degree of self-esteem. I don't know. And we have to, to look that up. Hmm. And some say maybe this gentleman is wise. He has his wife next to him and says, well, maybe I don't want to get trapped here. (laughs) So second question. Oh, I would say about that question, I would quote Matthew 6.25. When Jesus says, hey, do not worry about your life. Do not worry about what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat. Just leave it. Leave it to me. If you are going through drama in your life, emotional, physical, professional, leave it to me, Jesus said. Trust me. Now, I added a second question that is related to this. Do you consider yourself a drama queen or or king? Come on, come on. Do you consider yourself a... Oh, you are lying. (laughs) You are lying. Come on, come on. I I didn't see any yes. (laughs) I'm going to report this to Pastor Roy. Second, or third question. Here's number two. I am spiritual, intuitive, intuitive, and I can see what the devil is trying to do to the people around me. Ooh, very dispersed. Mostly no's. The question would be, are you so intuitive 
that you can see what the devil is doing to you. Yes, raise your cards. Yes or no? Yes, you, you know. You know when the devil is attacking you. Do you? So if you do, why do you fail? Well, I'm sorry. Raul, if you know, why do you fail? I, I, I should talk to me. Okay? Okay, to that, I would say 1 Peter 5, 8. Hey, if you know, be watchful. Because the devil is like a roaring lion. Prowling around you to devour you. Okay? Third question. God wants us to spiritually be on the offense more than the defense. Come on, come on, raise your cards. Mostly yeses. Some no's, who of course are mistaken. <laughs> oh, because the majority wins, right? Okay, mostly 95% say yes, but we'll see. There, this is subtle. And the ones that raise the no actually might have some right there. Question number four. The armor of God is not for protection. It's a weapon. It's a weapon. Okay, it's a mix. Some say yes, some say no, about 50%. It's a weapon. It's, um, it's for defense and weapons, say some. Okay. I would quote Luke 14, verses 31 and 32. And this relates to question, this question and the former one. Jesus says, hey, if you face your enemy into war, are you going to just attack or you sit down and assess your forces? And if you can win, if not, you retreat. Hey, that's why, right? You don't just attack. You don't just take something as a weapon and attack. You think, can I win this battle? Can I win this battle? And the last question is, God's mysterious plan for mankind is not still fully known. Yes. Okay, you say yes. We still do not know it. Now, let me ask you this question. So, why did God give us the Bible? What is the Bible for? What is his word for? If it is not to know his plan for us. And challenge you. Okay? To, to get into the discussion today. And the discussion starts with reading scripture. And we're going to read Ephesians chapter 6. Chapter 6 today. Verses 10 to 20. You have it in your, in your worksheet or in your cell phone or in your Bible. Let's read it. A final word said Paul. Remember, Paul is writing from prison. Paul is writing from Rome in prison. And he knows that the, the ending of this might not be very nice for him. Now, as you know me of years participating here, when often I explain or share 
what I know about the context of what we read in the Bible. Interestingly, exactly a month ago, I was in Istanbul. And uh, I visited uh, museums there and several parts of the city with, you know, Istanbul is one of the cities that has a long historical background there. And I went to the several um, archaeological museums and saw the, the, the um, excavations and the research that has been done, especially in the city of Troy, which is not far distant from there. And, uh, and also Ephesus, remains from Ephesus. I myself have visited Ephesus. It's one of those places, a wonders, one of the wonders of the ancient world, Ephesus. I recommend you to go because after visiting Ephesus, you read the Bible differently. Okay? Some of, of you have been there. And Paul is writing this letter to the co Christian community of Ephesus, which was a mixed Christian community, Jew and Gentile, within a Roman colony heavily dominated and controlled by the Roman army and rules. So you, as you read the text, you need to keep that in mind. It's not a democracy. It's not a, a city where freedom abounds like uh, water flowing in a river. So keep that as we read it. Be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Now, this is a man in prison saying, be strong. Okay? Be strong. Now, put it yourself in his shoes. And see if you can write that to your brothers and sisters from prison. From your personal prison. Whatever that is. And we all have one. Put on all, the, all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. Who would that be? The Roman authorities. He says we are not fighting against them. But against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. Our enemies are not in this world, Paul is saying. Against mighty powers in this, in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground. Putting on, the, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. And pray for me. Now, this is remarkable. He, he goes on caring about them. 
you, 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 my brothers and sisters. And finally he says, well, if, if kind of, if you have time, remember me. Oh, wow. If I am to write the letter from prison, I would be the subject. <laughs> Don't you think? Pray in this, and pray for me too. Ask God to give me the right words so I can boldly, boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for Jews and Gentiles alike. I am in chains now, still preaching this message as God's ambassador. So pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, it doesn't say that. Pray that I get out of prison. Is that what he says? No. Pray that God gives me strength to testify, to be a light, even here in prison. Now, what is it that draws your attention in this text? Can you help me? Your ideas. What, what draws your attention from here? What, what, what he's saying? What is remarkable for you? Raise your care. Your, your cards. Okay, we have one there. To me, it's amazing. As Paul's talking, he's in prison, and he's in a Roman prison, and he uses all the imagery of the soldier's armor to make a spiritual message to the church. Where I would think it would be, oh, this, this armor is totally what I don't want to be seeing. You know, this is what's, what's putting what's going against us as a, as a, as a people or as, as Christians, you know, the Romans were, were not liked. They were, they were basically the, the, the aggressive power that had taken control. But he takes the message of the Roman soldier's armor to make it a spiritual strength to the church. And when you really get into it, it really is powerful, the details. Yes, and it's just and the, the, the um, readers would know, perfectly know, what he's talking about. Because they were seeing it every day. As they walk out from their homes or walk the streets, they would see that, what he's, he's saying. Red card. Yes, I believe this message is for now, today as well as at that time. And if we all had been alerted to this message, when pandemic attacked us, we would put on the armor of God and go on the offense to know who is the enemy. We all mistakenly made, not all, because if you're living close to the Lord, he tells you what to do. But people got angry, people got fearful, they're trying to find out that pandemic is the enemy and they don't know anything about pandemic. And they start a war, but they don't know who they're against. And the scripture tells us in this text, you are not fighting against the Romans. So most of us went right to attack the pandemic. And it wasn't the pandemic that we should have been fighting against. It was the devil himself. Exactly. And um, I'm glad that you used the illustration of the pandemic. Because during this pandemic, we are fighting an invisible enemy. 
it is invisible to us. Well, I suppose we can see it in the lab under, you know, through a powerful microscope. But still, if we and I've seen it, if we see it, it still doesn't make sense. And, and, and it's a situation that we are, we are living very, very vividly. We are fighting something that is all around us, attacking us, trying to destroy us, and we, are, we don't see it. Let's go to the next. Thank you. Morning. Paul writes about an unknown future, but specifically about his known God. So without knowing what the circumstances will be in the days coming, he writes about the God that he knows. And then also, um, he writes about who he knows rather than what he feels. So he knows his relationship with God. He understands God's faithfulness. He's experienced that. And so rather than focusing on what he's feeling in that moment, He's focus, focusing on God's faithfulness. Yes, indeed. And his message, even though it's uh, addressed to a community in, in Ephesus, um, is timeless. It's, it ap perfectly applies to us. You can change the, the illustration, if you will, but it perfectly applies to us. As we said before, and our sister back there said, hey, we are fighting an invisible enemy like the pandemic, and we got to be strong. we got to defend ourselves and at the same time attack the enemy somehow. Purple Mike. I see here three times he mentions the word to stand. I don't see anything about offensive fighting. It's all defensive. The only offensive piece of the armor is the word of God. E exactly. I was going to ask you, that was as Rice get to... Uh, Roy Ice, Pastor Roy Ice gets uh, mad when we say something before time. He says, you brother are ahead of time on me. So, um, yeah, exactly. Um, most of the armor, and I'll come back to that point, is kind of defensive. Wait a minute. Aren't we supposed to be an army? Red Mike. So, Raul, I think it's um, what jumps out at me is carrying on a little more with what Olivia said about we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. It's a metaphor. It's not a physical battle. It's a war of lives about um, Satan's accu accusation that God um, is not trustworthy. And um, if, you, if they had revelation prior to this, if you read Revelation, which is one of the first places it gives the whole cosmic battle. I just think it puts it in a, in a different light. And um, so I used to think the gospel was just about how I get saved. But I think it's so much bigger than that. We're in this war zone um, where all of this has to just play out. Um, so the whole universe, not just those of us on Earth, can really see the great consequences of Satan's lies. Do you remember that story of prophet Elijah and his uh, servant? Don't remember the name of the servant. But they, they were surrounded by the army of, uh, the, uh, of the Syrians. And, and he, the guy, the servant, was afraid what we're gonna, we were going to do. And Elijah was sitting there in his hammock, relaxing and drinking uh, whatever. I was going to say 
Piña colada. Having a piña colada without alcohol. And he says, Lord, open the servant's eyes. And suddenly there was an army of angels with fire standing around and protecting them. It's, in that case, it's the reverse. The enemy was physical, but our defense was invisible. It's the opposite, as Paul is saying, in which our enemy, usually the worst enemies, are not cancer or unemployment. Even as painful as they are, our worst, worst enemies, Paul says, is, are the invisible ones. So, as I read this, I realized certain features, certain features of the armor. And I want you to, to quickly read it through and tell me, what do you think of this armor? What, what stands particularly uh, for you in this armor? Purple Mike. I was just going to ask the question whether the battleground, or at least one of the battlegrounds, could be in the church itself. Because Jesus said, a man's foes shall be those of his own household. So sometimes, are we looking for the battleground out there when it might be right close to us? Yes. We, one of the ideas we started out with was, don't just look outside, look inside. Are you, are you hiding inside you your own enemy? Inside you, your family, your home, your church, are you hiding that? You, you, maybe you have to fight it up front. Interestingly, one of the things that surprised me of this armor is that all the elements are here, but nothing here in the back. Did you realize that? As I was reviewing the material this morning, I said, wait a minute. All of the protection and the weapons are to be worn in front, not in the back. Why? Ah, God is taking you... Taking you care, of, taking care of your back, but don't you feel that sometimes your enemy strikes you in the back? You are unalert. You are unprepared. Um, so what? What? How do you feel? You know, I, I think that what what Paul and God are telling us here is. You don't turn your back to your spiritual enemy. You face it. That's what you have to do. You have to face your enemy. Whatever it is. And I will not name it. Because each of us have a number of them. As I often say, I, I, I just said a few minutes ago. Our worst enemies are not health, economy, politics, labor, are the spiritual ones. How we take those things, that's the sp our invisible enemies. You face it. You don't need a protection for your back. Maybe God is protecting your back, but he wants you to face your enemy. Um, the armor 
is of every short, every sort. It's mostly defensive, but it's also for the attack. It's an armor, armor that has been proved. You know, historically, and I've, I've, I've visited many museums from Rome to Istanbul, Berlin, London, many both natural history museums and archaeological museums to learn for about these things. And uh, um, for thousands of years, armies learned how to get, have better defensive and offensive weapons. Well, I don't think that really, uh, that God really likes that. And, you know, I think God would rather have a, a people who do not fight one another, of course. But armies have prepared their weapons, including shields. And I want to show you what those weapons were like with some illustrations today. But they were a variety of them, and they have been proved. One of the reasons why the Roman uh, Empire was so successful is because they developed the best swords and the best shields. Hmm? Another important thing, it's um, an armor of God. Paul is not saying, hey, prepare for yourself an armor like the Romans have. He calls it the armor of God. And what, is, what, what, is, what are the components of, those, of that armor in the text? What do you read? Out loud. Truth. Faith. Peace. One more. Righteousness. Now, we in, in the Western world, when we want to say important things, where do we place the most important idea or advice or point? Where? Huh? First or last. Okay? First or last. Not the Hebrews. The Hebrews, the most important idea, they would place it in the middle of the text. If you read the parables of Jesus, the most important idea of the parable is in the middle. And his, uh, his, um, when he talks to the disciples, you can, you can see the structure that parallels. And in the middle is the most important idea. That's, that was the Hebrew, the Jewish um, mindset. The most important idea goes in the middle. And that's what Paul says. In these 10 verses, in these 10 verses, the idea, the main, the main ideas are, again, truth, peace, righteousness, and faith. And he places them in the middle. Now, if we were to, to get ourselves the armor of God, we will have to start from with this list, Paul's list. And Paul's list starts with um, a belt. Well, I have here a belt. Do you think this, this would do it? 
No. Roman belts were thick, very thick, and would actually hold both the lower uh, dress, whatever, and the upper protection. They would hold both. And itself, it would be a protection against the enemy's weapons, not this. Okay? Second, he speaks of a shield. Now, um, I brought here a shield. Okay? Oh, come on. Don't you think that this is enough? If my wife tries to hit me, I would, I would protect myself like this. Okay? And, and actually, it works. <laughs> so, now, but she never uses a knife or a, well, or a, or a sword. And I'm not giving her ideas anyway, any idea about this. But now, um, let's see. Maybe I could use a different weapon. Maybe I could use, I mean, a different shield. This would protect me from my wife? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, in fact, the Roman shield was about this size, a little higher. But it was about this size, this width and this thickness. Hmm? And it was made of several layers of wood, wood planks, glued together and with a piece of metal on, uh, all around the edge and often another piece of metal in the, m in the middle to give it, um, uh, you know, strength. And it was heavy, 10 kilograms. I'm sorry, I can't think in those weird measurements, you know, whatever. 22 pounds, thank you. So, uh, and it was 100 centimeters, one meter, about this, a little more. Um, and it was th thick and heavy. Imagine you carry 22 pounds in battle uh, or all day as uh, you protect your, your king or the palace and you have to have that standing all day long. And also it was bent. I can't bend this. It was kind of semicircular. So they, they learned that they could, when, when, when arrows would, uh, would, you know, would be flying <laughs> towards them, they would raise it kneel down and the entire body would be protected and they would actually was called scudum and they would form the army would form a unit with all this the scudums uh, the, the 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 shields covering them forming a tortoise whatever is pronounced that's the worst word for spanish to pronounce anyway um and, they, and, they, and the arrows would not harm them. I think Paul is telling us that. Hey, brothers and sisters, what is your shield? Tell me. In your personal experience. Do you have a personal shield? Raise your, car, your cards. What is your shield? Your faith. In what? In, well, I was going to say 
in the government? Well, I should have some faith in the government anyway. I should. Um, faith in my job? I'm going to say something very controversial, but I'm used to it. My faith is in the vaccine? Well, I think he, I believe he protects me, but it's not the ultimate protection. You understand? Finally, at the end, the Roman Empire was defeated. And there was no, no more Roman Empire. Their shields did not hold up. Terry. I know I'm jumping ahead here. but uh, <laughs> So you can say what Roy says if you want. But uh, reading Isaiah 59, it talks about God's champion when he saw there was no justice and no, no truth in the world and violence and, you know, morality was gone to hell in a handbasket, as they say. And when you ask, what is our protection? I think of all of these pieces of armor in that context that, that unless God himself is our protection, then we're kind of, uh, you know, grasping at straws in a sense, because my protection is Jesus Christ. And my protection with my brothers and sisters is as we are united in Christ and we have that common shield against uh, you know, the arrows of the enemy, if you want to say it that way. Yes, brother, but I would warn you against being too optimistic. I know that Jesus is my shield and my protection, but tomorrow I may, I may get cancer. Remember what um, Martha and Mary told Jesus. Jesus, you kind of disappoint us. Because if you had been here, our brother would not have died. Isn't that uh, hurting? Don't you feel like that sometimes? I've been faithful to God with my prayers my, my entire life. And now I get that? I get this? Where is my shield? You know, I've been vaccinated three times. <laughs> and you continue the, the sentence. Why do I? <laughs> like Pastor Roy. Hey. You know, in the text, I used to see this, and I used to read about putting on the armor, and I pictured myself fighting a battle with this armor on. But in reality, when Paul's talking about this, the way that the Romans used the armor, they got together as a body, and they protected together. So that tells me that, yes, put on the armor, but we have to come together as a body, as believers. And we encourage each other through this battle. So because none of us are strong enough alone, we need the Lord, but we also need each other. So I pick up on this, that God wants us to come together. And during these last couple of years, there's been a lot of separation. But I think we need to find a way to come back together as a church. And I suppose that is one of the reasons you came to church this morning. And many people, including myself, wonder, should I go? What if I get sick? 
And next month, I, I'm on a big expedition to Bolivia with uh, my students. If I get sick, and I may ruin the entire expedition. And, uh, well, that's, well, it's not, well, thing, some things can be fixed. But what if I have something more serious and I get sick? I'm still brave and go to church. You know, there are situations in which we ponder what is the level of, what level of protection is enough. And Paul is saying, never trust yourself. There's not enough level of protection if you don't have the full armor. Green card. To echo what the uh, previous gentleman said, uh, you were mentioning the shield. The shield is only good from one direction, yet the Romans were fighting uh, constantly, and as you mentioned, their, their turtle shell. Uh, they needed the their partner, their friend, their battalion unit to set up and cover their left side, their right side, and their backside. Mm -hmm. So I think our protection is the person to my left, the person to my right, the person behind me. Yeah, but the first question said, I go through much less drama in my life than the people sitting around me here. <laughs> we get the point, of course. We get the point. We are stronger when we are together. We are, we indeed. Red mic. Um, so I think Revelation 12, 11, um, I think that our protection comes from our relationship with Jesus and that only. And we keep talking about physical things, but it says there that they did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. The death here is just to sleep, Jesus says. And he also tells us that families will be divided. So while it's wonderful that if we can support each other and while we are here on this earth, um, but to, and at some point, we may be deserted by everyone, and it's only by our relationship with Christ that he will carry us through. Um, and it hurts more when it's closer. When, it's, when it comes from one of us, from the person that we trust or we, be, we think we trust. You know, this experience has happened several times to me, even recently, very recently. I... I, as I said, I, I developed research in earth sciences and paleontology. But I, I come from a biblical worldview of time and processes. I, 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 I believe, firmly believe, that God is our creator and God created. Whether I make sense of everything or not, and I do not, <laughs> nobody, nobody understands everything in science and in scripture. But I still believe that God created the world uh, not long time ago. So when I engage in research, in projects, studying fossil whales, dinosaur footprints, and so on, I usually invite other researchers besides the students for their masters and PhDs uh, projects. I invite other researchers from this country and other countries. And I invite, I, I, I invite to join my team, um, not only Christians, but also non-Christians and even atheists. It's important to have, 
to have different visions, to have different worldviews working together. For me also, it's important to show them that in fact, doing research within a biblical worldview or having a biblical worldview has advantages. And that my religion and my belief in the Bible does not hinder me from thinking. But sometimes I get this answer, like very recently. Okay, I see, I read your scientific papers, and they are very good, they are fine, they are blah, blah, blah. I see that you attend professional meetings, scientific meetings. I see that you present papers, and, but I don't want to work with you. Because you believe in creation, because you are a Christian. And that brings bad reputation for me as a scientist. I don't know whether that ever happened to you, but to me, it happened several times. It hurts. But I still have to love them. And I say, you know, in fact, my Christian worldview is not a hindrance for me. It's an advantage. And I can show you. Come and see. Some come, others never. And sometimes I feel I have to wear a helmet. What are you laughing at, sister? It's, isn't cute? Uh, do you think this is enough? No, probably not. It protects me from cold. So I, I, should, I believe I should, I should wear this one on. You think this one will work? No. No, why? You mean too many holes in the helmet or in my brain? <laughs> you, uh, he is not answering. Don't ask my wife. Now, what about this one? Is this better? Yeah, this I have to wear sometimes when I do research in a, under a cliff. You know, some geologists have died because of studying a, 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 a cliff. There's layers in the cliff and the uh, rock falls and pop. Yeah, so we have to wear these. Do you think this is enough? It's not protecting all of this. So this morning I was trying to find a motorcycle helmet. I don't drive donor cycles. <laughs> so... I don't have one. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that would give me a lot of extra protection. Hmm? But the apostle is saying, as the brother said, defend, but also be ready to attack the enemy if necessary. So I brought my sword here. Actually, it's gentleman's here. Is this, is this a good sword? Come, come against me. He's, he's a ah, coward. Come here. No, nobody wants. He has a, this, this rubber tip here. It's even harmless. I mean, it's... But it's nice. One day, I, we may have to use it. 
Thank you very much. Now, Paul is talking a, a very different thing. He's, he's saying, you know, that, that's not the kind of, of, uh, of weapon that I want you to use. I want you to use the real one. Don't be afraid. <laughs> it's a sword, okay? Uh, it's short, but don't tempt me. Um, it's a sword. You know, in Spain, at weddings, we use swords, but long ones. So, you know, there's the wedding, the, and then the banquet, and then the cake. And, the, bri and the, the bride and the groom are supposed each to cut the cake. I should have brought a cake. <laughs> and so cut the cake a piece, grab it like that and put it inside the mouth of the broom and then the groom would do the same to the bride. Oh, it's the most, uh, it's, it's really, really, whatever. It's really, it's scary. <laughs> but if you don't do that, it's like you're not brave. And the test whether the marriage is going to be successful or not is if it actually you put it inside the mouth. Well, anyway, just kidding. But it's real. We do that in Spain at weddings. But Paul is not talking about weddings. Paul is talking about a fight, not a banquet. Paul is saying, hey guys, you have to get real. You have to get real. And you have to get real, a real armor, a real weapon. A two-edged sword. And what is that? The word of God. He says elsewhere, the word of God is like a two-edged sword that cuts through your soul and through your heart and your mind. And it exposes you. And it exposes your enemy. Huh? It's real, and you have to wear it, and you have to show it. It has to be visible in your life. That weapon has to be visible in your life. It's the best shield and the best weapon, both things. Now, I want to finish reading you something. Consider the necessity of putting on the whole armor of God. We are in a state of warfare that began when Adam and Eve fell. There was a fight there. An intellectual, spiritual fight. Right at the beginning. In Genesis 3.15. And God said, you know, you will strike the head. Of the snake. There's a fight there. We are naturally unprepared for this contest. Having the use of this armor implies that we need it. Everybody needs that armor. Everything. The helmet, the shield, and the sword. We need the three elements. 
The spiritual armor is not designed for show, like weapons that are hung up in some homes. I have a friend who likes hunting. So he has some rifles for hunting. And uh, one day, I, you know, talking about that, and he said, yeah, sometimes I go hunting deer. And, uh, and I said, what do you do with your rifles? What, what, where do you store them? It's, oh, I, I have them in, in the garage and, you know, k safely kept there. <laughs> and that, but, you know, so I, you know, I'm not into that world of things. And he said, but I make another use of it. What is that? Well, I have two daughters. And when they bring boys home, I show them my, my rifles. <laughs> and they quickly get the point. Um, so, it's the, the weapons tell you something. Tell you something. What weapons are you wearing? What are you telling your enemy about yourself based on the weapons that you are wearing, that you are uh, using? The advice that Paul is saying is this. Watch. Be alert. Constantly, universally, and wisely. Constantly, universally, and wisely. And I would say something that our brother Jordi and our brother back there insisted. Together. Let's watch constantly, universally, wisely, together. Uh, that was so good. I'm so thankful for Raul leading us in that conversation. And it's true. There is power when we're together, not just as human beings, but together with the almighty power of God's Holy Spirit. And so I pray that you'll invite that Holy Spirit in to fully arm you today so that you're ready to face everything the enemy wants to throw at you. Now, I really want you to come back for the next episode because we launch a series called A Life of Many Colors. It's the interwoven story of Joseph and God. And by far, this series turned out to be probably the most personal, the most emotional, and the most relevant series to each of us in probably the entire five years that we've done the Bible Lab up to now. And I know you're going to be greatly blessed by it. I hope you come back for episode 81 of the Bible Lab podcast as we, as we launch our series, A Life of Many Colors. Thank you for listening to the Bible Lab podcast. If you're planning a trip to Southern California, make sure to reserve your VIP seats in the Bible Lab by emailing us at info at thebiblelab.com. Programs are recorded each Saturday at 10.30 a.m. We hope to see you soon. Until then, we wish you God's richest blessings as you continue to research and develop the character of God.